재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 This is Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 in Seoul and on streaming platforms all around the world. We're in the business of trying to find out what Koreans are thinking about. And the best way to do that sometimes is to listen to what they're saying to each other about the hot topics du jour on the web. That's what Jim and Joanne, Joanne Jong and Jim Bully do during the week. And on Fridays, they serve it up to us here in the studio. Hi, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Another edition of Dive in Korea. First topic is online witch hunts. I recall the first online witch hunt that I can remember during my tenure here in Korea uh, was the case of the... um, Subway dog poop. Right. Do you remember this? That comes to mind, yeah. Yeah. She was a woman that had her dog, a little tiny dog on the subway, and it took a little poop, and then she refused to pick it up. Mm -hmm. And somebody caught this on mobile phone, and it went viral. And everybody started piling on this woman, who admittedly was in the wrong, but uh, they piled on her with such a meanness, right? And we've got another case of that kind of happening, something going viral and a lot of attention on a bit more of a serious case, though, this time. Yeah, so earlier this week, um, the police requested a charge of statutory rape against a 32-year-old female teacher who had engaged in sexual intercourse with a 12-year-old student at the elementary school that she taught in. Mm. Now, uh, shortly after the story came out, photos began to appear online supposedly of the teacher, as well as personal information, again, supposedly of the teacher, which was sort of spread rapidly, as these online witch hunts usually do, on online forums, social media, and via messaging apps. Now, regardless of whether the picture is of that person or not, sharing that information is a crime. It's illegal. It goes against Korea's Data Protection Act. But sharing what? The, the photo of the teacher? And personal information of, of anybody, whether they're accused of something correctly or not. In Korea, it's illegal to share that information, as it is in pretty much every country in the world. Well, okay. Uh, this is something I'd like to pick up in... Well, let's, let's take it up right now. If you take a picture of somebody in a public space or there's a publicly sort of in-public-currency photo, are you engaging in a crime if you share that photo, that image of somebody else, or is it just in connection with accusations? In connection with accusations, and if you're identifying someone and providing personal information about them as well. If you took a picture of me on one of our many outings to the park of a Uh Sunday afternoon and there were people in the background, then them being in the picture obviously is not illegal. Uh But if you identified them and connected them to something else, potentially that they hadn't done, it's potentially slanderous and it's certainly Data Protection Act. I see. So there are much tighter uh, image and reputation protection laws here in Korea. Why don't we just kind of say that generalization? So this woman's photo is going around on the web. Right, but also some of the photos that are going around on the web are not of the correct woman. Ah, so some other people are getting caught up in these accusations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the police have received a complaint from an unrelated woman whose photograph was spread online and people believed she was the suspect. Mm. So there's then this picture of her going around connecting her with, with, you know, allegedly this horrific crime. Um, And it's her picture that's going around. She has absolutely nothing to do with it whatsoever. Okay, so what's happening? Obviously some kind of investigation is underway. Yeah, so the, uh, the, the police, if the person who originally uploaded the picture will be punished for disseminating false information. There is a cybercrime team that the police run um, that will contact people that post personal information online and ask them to remove it. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, then, then potentially charge them. But is, this is... Oh, go on. No, well, I just wanted to ask, is this what they mean when they say doxing it's a relatively new term exactly so this is a this is a good example of doxing which is an increasingly common thing especially in america 
Yeah. Now, doxing actually is, I've checked, it's in the dictionary, this is a real thing. The, the term dox, it comes from docs, like documents. Documents. And what, what used to be called doc dropping or, or dropping docs, which was finding documents relating to someone who you wanted to expose online either for a crime or for behavior that you thought was morally reprehensible. Digging up the dirt and sharing it. Yeah, now that's an increasingly common practice in the States in particular. In just in the last couple of months, we've seen it after these far-right rallies that we've mm. had in America and, um, and you know, large online communities committed to exposing the people involved in them. Mm-hmm. But often the wrong people get caught up in the process. Okay, so people who are innocent have to defend themselves because their image just kind of got misconstrued or thrown into the mix. Yeah, and this can have horrific consequences. After the um, Boston Marathon bombing in 2013, you might remember, there was a huge online witch hunt on uh, on sort of the biggest messaging website in America, and the wrong guy was identified, who, which ultimately led to him committing suicide. Mm. Wow. Um, I remember a case in Atlanta during the Olympics. There was a security guard who um, got caught in some pictures when one of those uh, parcel bombs went off during the Atlanta Olympics, and his life was practically ruined. I can't remember his name, but uh, he won, I think, a big lawsuit against uh, the police in Atlanta. So this woman, uh, th- are you saying multiple women have been doxxed in connection with this particular statutory rape set of allegations, or...? Just one. I only know the the police report. Yeah, at the moment they're revealing that one person has contacted the police about this issue, but there, you know, they may well be, you know, many more out there. I think it's pretty likely, considering how quickly these things spread, that more than one person has been caught up in this, but one has been reported. It's interesting. I wonder if you can temper your language and your presentation in the way that you share a photo or something online. I mean, if you say, put up a photo and say, "This is that woman that did this." You're making an accusation and, and slandering her reputation potentially. But if you temper it, if you take perhaps a journalistic way, this is a picture of – this is possibly a picture of the woman alleged to have done this. Will the eyes of the law look at you as the sharer differently? I don't, I don't know about legally. I suspect not because you're still sharing that information. Mm. Um, but also I suspect that that really isn't going to water down the impact that that has on the person's life if they're the wrong person. Mm. As the second that you're associated, especially with something like this, then that's probably going to have a fairly permanent impact. All right. Well, let's take a moment and hear what Korean social media users are saying about this stuff. The robo-readers are on standby. Let's hear it. <laughs> We're not invading her privacy. Her face should be revealed to the public anyway. I don't usually like the idea of posting someone's details all over the internet. But the story's different when they are involved in violent or dangerous crimes. An innocent person has become the victim of an online witch hunt because of people who don't fact check before posting photos online. Honestly, I support revealing personal details of the perpetrator, but people who spread false information deserve to be punished. The police say those who post another individual's personal information online can be charged with defamation. The police should reveal her face. In the United States, if the person is guilty, they reveal the criminal's face. Do the same in Korea. The female teacher should be punished, but I worry that indiscreet witch hunting may lead to more damages to the victim's student. His friends from school still don't know about it, 
so revealing personal information online may lead to secondary harm to the student. He really shouldn't be hurt all over again. Okay, guys, welcome to Koreascape University Freshman Ethics 101. What's the greater good here? Um, is it is it something where you should steer away from publishing somebody's image full stop in all cases? Or are there times when it may be morally right or even necessary to spread the word and to get somebody's image up online? I, I think, uh, you know, in some cases, uh, parents have the right to know if a dangerous criminal is in their neighborhood and can be a potential danger to their children. But I think they should leave the spreading of information and the releasing of information to the public to police or to the media. Because, you know, if you're posting something up online and you don't word it properly because you're not, not a professional, mm. um, it may spread the wrong word and you may get the message out wrong. So I, I think people should sort of steer away from, from trying to spread information out there. Jim, you mentioned the Nazis before there in Charlottesville. Yeah. These guys with their faces and their chants and their polo shirts and helpful tiki torches to illuminate the photos so that they could be seen very clearly. Um, if you knew who that Nazi was marching and you had some info, should you have sat on it or should you put it up online? You know, it's a really difficult moral question because in that particular example i you know my my instinctive reaction is that definitely those people ought to be exposed for who and what they are but on like a broader moral question it is a very very dangerous game to mm -hmm. start exposing people who you don't know 100 percent um one of the last the penultimate commenter there um made a quite interesting point that in the united states um sex offenders information is public Yes. Now, I did some research on this, and as far as I can tell, the United States is the only country in the world where that is the case. Oh, that's interesting. Um, anywhere else in the world, the, the, you know, the registers are purely for public officials and police, unless the risk assessment has been conducted and the offender is determined to pose a high risk of reoffending. Hmm. Otherwise, that information is kept, is kept private. And, uh, you know, it seems that there must be a very good reason for that. I guess. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, with the case of the white supremacist rally, there's, there's a thing where people, they were putting themselves in public as a way of outing themselves and intimidating others. Yeah. So, hey, you know, you put the, the cards on the table. I say, yeah, I'm going to send that photo back to your employer. I have absolutely no moral problem with that. Yeah, I think I, think I agree with that. There was, in this instance, there was a very good point that the last commenter made about the victim now, mm. the school in question is pursuing a lawsuit and hiring a lawyer um, requesting the removal of information. That's what the reports say. Now, that suggests that the school's information has also been shared. And, and that immediately puts the victim at risk of being, you know, inadvertently identified as well. Mm. Now, that is a much more dangerous thing. And, and you, sort of these online witch hunter crusaders that are doing this great thing may end up accidentally, you know, hurting the victim more than the original than the original, well, not more than the original crime, but hurting the victim as well, yeah. and that's a that's a terrible consequence. The victim has to be priority number one in all of these cases. Um, Jim, you're a newspaper editor. You must think sometimes about these laws, the legal ramifications here in Korea. As I understand it, you can face consequences even if, if you even if you publish something that's damaging to somebody's relation, uh, reputation, even if it's true under some circumstances. I know you haven't prepared this. Is there anything that you think about sometimes with, with regard to that? Um, you have to be much more careful 
in uh, pro- you know reproducing allegations and statements and things like that in a Korean context than perhaps you might have been in the UK, right? I think the UK has fairly strict libelous laws as well. Ah. Um, so I don't feel that, for me it doesn't feel like it's particularly different. I think it okay. may well be than the American situation. Mm. Certainly you have to be very sure of what you're saying, but I honestly I don't think it's particularly a problem for that the media ought to be held to account. Yeah. Um especially we you know we live in an age now where we we can write a story in our office. Five minutes later, it can be on a website. Ten minutes later, it can be on on social media mm-hmm. and shared with thousands of people. Yeah. With with that kind of instant connectivity, we need to be sure of what we're writing. You know, we yeah. we can't afford to take chances because you can ruin someone's life with it. And I I have no problem being you know being held to sort of that standard. Mm. I recall this case. Did you guys see this uh, these headlines in recent days? Somebody got fined for putting out rumors about Kim Dae Jong's widow. Uh, apparently having plans to wed Dr. Dre in some sort of financial arrangement. I skimmed over that headline. Quite interesting. Spurious and ridiculous rumors, but uh, somebody was, yeah, uh, complete. Kim Dae-jung. Do I, I, I have a tendency to say Kim Dae-jung. Mm-hmm. Kim Dae-jung, mm-hmm. former president. Um, but um, very, very bizarre kind of stuff. So stuff like that does get prosecuted. There was also this um, issue online I, I saw with a guy who worked at a cafe uh, on Jeju Island and he was uh, taking photos of female customers who he thought looked quite pretty. Um, and he was sort of rating them in a way. He, like, you know, there were compliments, but, you know, there were sexual connotations as well because he was rating how they looked, you know, their outward appearance and stuff like that and posting them on his personal um, SNS site. But that became a problem as well. His employers were notified and he he left voluntarily. Um, but people took an issue with that. I, I also saw that one. But that's, that's a voyeuristic thing, surely. Specifically taking pictures of someone is is against the law right you're you're putting you're specifically seeking out attractive women taking pictures of them without their knowledge and then and then posting on social media for other people to see yeah like that's different than it's almost like of, a owning your image kind of thing yeah yeah i can't help but think that uh, this will get built into the algorithms of these various social platforms as they get better and better at face reading and understanding what the relation of this or that person or lack thereof is that it's going to be policed in part by the the ai right uh i can imagine your social media network saying are you sure you want to post this you have no apparent relationship to this person and i've discovered certain keywords be they whatever theft, rape, whatever, in your Where in your do you post. draw the line? Where do you draw the line? I mean, if you take stuff down, people will say you're censoring too much. That's a good final word for topic one. We're going to move on to topic two when Koreascape Dive In Korea returns after this. We're back here on Koreascape with Dive In Korea Friday. That means we're digging up some of the social media hot topics of the week and looking at what Koreans have said to each other about them. Jim and Joanne are here with that. Topic number two, guys. Uh, this is a case where I and I suspect Jim as well really have to lean on you, Joanne. Okay, no worries. This is about a very specific Korean that the two of us, I think, are not familiar with. Okay, well, since Wednesday night, the, the name Kim Seng Min has been on the top keyword search mm. constantly. And um, for those of you who aren't familiar with who he is, he's a comedian and TV personality who's who's been in the industry for quite a while. He debuted back in 1992 as a comedian. And he's famous for being um, one of the longest-staying uh, reporters on a entertainment and um, celebrity news 
show. He interviews uh, high-profile celebrities here in Korea, um, in and outside the studio. But he's equally as famous, or even more so, for being very frugal okay. with his money. Um, and the issue here is he appeared on a, uh, a TV show, a talk interview music show mm-hmm. on Wednesday night. Um, and the guests and the MCs apparently sort of attacked him or mocked him because of his frugality. In a teasy, fun kind of way? It was or meant to be. Way? It was meant to be a teasy, fun kind of way. Um, and people took offense to it because, you know, they went a little bit overboard, apparently. When we say this star, this comedian is frugal, what kind of stuff do we mean? How do we know he's frugal? Oh, he, he, he says it himself, and his friends have been talking about it uh, for a long time. Everyone knows that he's a very frugal guy. Um, he, he earned the nickname, like the, you know... Uh, a nice nickname called Stingy or Scrooge. But, you know, he's taken to that character and he, he plays it out on TV as well. And he now has his own podcast and also a TV show called Kim Seng Min's Receipt. On the show, he has um, people come on, he goes to other people's houses and he looks at how they're spending and he points out their bad spending habits. Okay, so this is like a brand for him. It is a brand for him so and he's taken up to it. Was he offended on this show on Wednesday? Well, um... No, he hasn't really come out and said so. Um, And he's used to this. He knows these people, these MCs and the guests who are on the show with him. And he's used to this kind of teasy, mocking kind of thing. But obviously, people who are watching the show sort of felt that he was a little bit uncomfortable with what one particular MC was saying on the show. I'm getting a note from the control room that apparently he said after the fact he was not offended. So trying to smooth things over. But his his netizens, his fans, Mm -hmm. you know, started to take up arms for him in the social media battle, I guess. Um, is what's his background like? He's not from a rich family, obviously. He's or. not from a rich family. Uh, everyone, uh, you know, attaches the term "taringobi" to him, which is sort of a, a bad term for you know Scrooge or a miser or whatever. Um, and it actually literally means that you don't want to spend on your parents even after their death. You're so stingy that you don't want to. Yeah. And there are stories attached to this saying that one story is about. A lady who goes to the market to buy some fish and she touches this, it's too expensive. She touches that, it's too expensive. She's got fish smell on her hand. She goes home. Instead of cooking the fish for her family, she washes her hand in water and then uses that water to cook rice. So that the rice sort of tastes and smells like fish. So this is like an old wives' tale. This is it is. True. It I, is. Yeah, I, I heard a similar story uh, where a guy would hang dried fish over right, his table right. and look at the fish mm-hmm. while he ate rice because he could kind right, of right with pretend. like soy sauce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, and people were looking at this and saying. You know, these people are close, but one of the MCs apparently sort sort of teased him in a way, saying. Um, no, did you did you buy your your wife a fake luxury mm. bag when she was suffering from postpartum depression? Or why is not spending considered mature? I mean, you should learn to have some fun. Mm. This cuts to the bone because I think a lot of people out there are frugal themselves, right? Or have to be. You're absolutely correct. This is why people felt uncomfortable. They're like, you know, these celebrities have no sense of what other people or ordinary people is what they're calling themselves um, have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. And by mocking Kim Seng-min on the TV show, they're essentially mocking everyone else out there, their viewers who are watching. I suppose he brings it on himself, Jim, don't you think, by espousing this as a uh, your character type or as your persona, of course you're going to invite some banter and stuff like that, and they have to fill the airtime. 
was the MC also playing a character? Like all of yeah, these yeah. people Yeah, yeah. He's he's known to, to be sort of brash, sort of raw, and you know, he he asks hard hitting questions sometimes. Sometimes they're borderline rude, but people know that he's that way. So some are saying, you know, what's the big deal? He's always been that way. Other people are saying, no, he's crossed the line this time. So it kind of sounds like these guys were all doing what they always do. It was just the combination and the timing that was unfortunate. Right, right. You know, and you throw in a few unfortunate words like, you know, your wife's postpartum depression. Mm. Tough to make comedy out of that in any case. Let's hear quickly what the uh, Korean social media users had to say about this, and we'll pick up the topic right after we hear from the robo-readers. <laughs> Kim is not a cheapskate. He says we should cut back on unnecessary spending to save up towards things we really love and need. Celebrities may be lucky and can afford to buy everything they want and live the YOLO life after shooting just one commercial, but most ordinary people are like Kim. We spend less on ourselves to spend more on those we love, like our family and our pets. And those small moments are all part of life's joys. Why are they laughing at it? They don't understand the concept of the show. Why is that a mockery? That is just entertainment. Kim made his name as someone who saves, and the MCs used that in their teasing style of leading the show. Read a book if you don't like the TV programming. They mocked Kim for being tight with money, and treated him like he was someone with no goals or dreams in life. They need to know that most people live like him. I watched the entertainment talk show for laughs, and ended up becoming depressed. The MCs had no understanding of why Kim is popular these days and they didn't even bother to look it up. Kim is someone we can truly learn from. By making fun of Kim, they ended up mocking viewers who identified with him. I really was not uncomfortable watching the show. Comedy is just comedy. Don't overthink it. I think it was our first commenter in that lineup that had something real important to say. It's the line, the very word frugal or frugality. I think some people misunderstand it. It's not being cheap because you can be a cheap and a miser and never, ever feel good about spending money. And that's kind of annoying. But if you're frugal, you're making very clear choices. I'm going to save and save and save on a bunch of stuff. And then when something comes that I care about, like a dinner with my girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, or a holiday, mm-hmm. then I'll, I'll spend sort yeah. of lavishly. Yeah, you can you know? splurge. You can splurge after saving up on stuff that you don't really need. And that's the issue that people had as well with these MCs because they had no um, knowledge of what actually this person is talking about on his podcast. Because... On the podcast, he's a little bit more serious with people. He gives them down-to-earth advice. But on the TV show, he, he you know, plays an over-exaggerated character like, you know, if you have a friend who makes you spend too much, you should delete their number. Yeah. Or, I mean, if you're, if you're buying jajangmyeon or black bean noodles, you shouldn't buy sweet and sour pork. Yeah. Stuff like that. You know, it's just a jokey way. It's a, it depends how badly in debt you are, I right. guess. Or, or it may be a joke. Jim, do you live the YOLO lifestyle or are you a bit more like Kim Zengmin? I think I'm probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I'm certainly not frugal, um, as much as I wish I was. Uh, but I, I don't think I live the YOLO life. No. You only live once, spend on experiences, and then when you get old, you can sit quietly and uh, whittle wood by the river and not spend a lot of money. Spend it while you're young. That's the mentality. But yeah, we all have to live a balanced lifestyle. But as we move on to topic number three, 
we are finding some people do not live a fully balanced lifestyle. They are kind of the anti King Kim Sang Min's. Mm-hmm. They're saying, "Please take my money. Think up products and take my money." Okay, if you have a favorite celebrity, would you go out of your way to spend a penny and each penny that you've earned on that person? There's not enough Kurt Asian uh, <laughs> merchandise for me. Otherwise, I, so I can't really. We'll make more. Okay, good. So you've just got the mug Coffee and the keyring. <laughs> I've got the mug and the keyring. <laughs> the 3D the, figurine. Yeah, I've got that. All right. So, yeah, I mean, it's weird. If you really are truly in love with a celebrity uh, or especially a pop band, right, because people love I, the, the products. When I first came to Korea and I saw pop bands on everything from socks to underwear, to T-shirts, to T-shirts, posters. carrying postcards, posters. But that's just the usual swag. We're mm-hmm. talking about real top price luxury goods. Oh, I'm moving away from goods and actually talking about buying gifts, gifts. for the celebrities. Gifts so, I mean, for them. Gifts for them. So in, when you go to a concert, even if the tickets are really, really expensive, you're, you're paying for the experience. When you're buying goods... Um, it, it's memorabilia. You get to keep that. But when you're buying presents and gifts, lavish gifts for these celebrities, what do you get away from it? You get a, a, a thank you mm. or maybe a shout out online or maybe a smile and a wave. That's all you get. Give me an example of gifts that you might buy for your... Oh, um, luxury brand wallets, belts, backpacks, the whole do the, the fans lot. realize that these stars probably get that stuff for free from the companies anyway? They probably do, but the issue here is people are saying that SNS is just getting making matters worse because when these celebrities they they post up stuff that they've received from their fans online, people are like, "Okay, we we can't buy this person cheap stuff anymore." Yeah. You know, we'll embarrass ourselves and we'll embarrass a celebrity. So it just gets more expensive and more expensive. That's the rub. You're not necessarily generously giving to your, your, your group. You are purchasing the shout out. And you, you are. are showing off to your friends, hey, I gave that famous brand wallet to my opas there in that group. Yeah, <laughs> opas there. And that is very true. What do they think is going to happen to this item? These people are dressed by someone every day. They have yeah. to wear branded clothes for different brands that they're paid to do every day. They're not going to wear or carry the thing that you bought them ever, surely. I mean, sometimes they do. I, I mean, uh, some of these celebrities who, who post stuff online, they're doing it genuinely to say thank you. But, you know, some of these other celebrities, you, you've really got to question their motive for doing that. But there is a, there's a positive angle as well, isn't there? I saw oh, there is. I've, yep. a few weeks ago... It was G Dragon's birthday, mm-hmm. and every year for his birthday, he donates a lot of money to charity, like five hundred thousand dollars, and then encourages his fans to do the same thing. So that's kind of the same process. That's kind of the same process. I mean, whether these celebrities like it or not, they they wield a lot of power and they have a lot of influence, absolutely, over their their you know fans. Uh, I think they they've got so much pull with their fans. I can't imagine them encouraging this culture of hey, spend your hard-earned money on luxury stuff that I get for free anyway from companies. Uh, I mean, are are there, we don't have to name names, but are there a handful of sort of top offenders out there that are showing off all of their their fan bling bling? There are. 
and people are saying that there are some celebrities who actually actively tell their fans not to do stuff like that, not to send them personal gifts. But if they're going to do, you know, uh, gather or collect money anyway, send it to a good charitable cause, well, a good charity, or maybe route that money or route that stuff. Um, sometimes these K-pop bands, I remember years ago, and maybe it's still going on, they teamed up with an app that would plant forests. Uh, there are like mm-hmm. K-pop celebrity forests with like trees named after them uh, to, you know, encourage reforestation and ecological stuff and green stuff. I think that's the way to, to use your fame. I find it... Uh, quite superficial to be flashing your uh, your celebrity provided bling bling and also creating this sort of sense of competition between mm. the fans and I, I think, think you're, oh, yes you're just as guilty if you don't stop it you know if you don't say anything about it yeah especially if you're if, if like another celebrity is saying oh please support this cause you know and there's been a lot of that you've got the tree thing you've got the tree dragon thing you had Shori and the animal shelters like there's been quite a lot of for, for about 10 years now if there's other celebrities of a similar caliber to you doing that and you're happily taking in these designer brand wallets and and that kind of thing whilst the you know the next celebrity along is is getting their fans to donate money to charity that doesn't look good <laughs> no it doesn't that's right it really sets you apart i think that the chances are likely the lower level celebrity or the more of a wannabe you are mm-hmm. the more likely you are to do that because the gifts from fans are a form of social proof. Mm, it's like, yeah. look, I have a fan that liked me so much. They sent me this, you know, designer tie or this uh, piece of jewelry. Mm. Whereas the real top shelf celebrities, I would think it would be almost kind of embarrassing. To- but the charity thing is also great PR. Right? Like, you look fantastic with that. Oh, the charity, thing. I'm not cracking on at all. I'm talking about just receiving luxury goods. Yeah. But even with the charitable stuff, some you know haters will be haters. They're saying that these people, celebrities, are putting on a show or acting to to you know upgrade their image or whatnot. They're celebrities. They put on shows. But I mean, even if they are just donating money to charity for their image, the money is still going to charity. Right, right. So they do it for whatever reason they want. Let's hear what some Koreans have been saying to each other in the social media comments about this stuff. The Robo Readers are on standby, and we'll pick it up in just a moment. If you worked for it yourself, then I would at least applaud the effort. But buying them stuff using your parents' money, that's not effort. Likes attract. Respectable stars have good fans. They don't always shower their celebrity with gifts. They sometimes gather the money for a good cause. The management company should have a policy of not accepting pricey gifts. The idols shouldn't be the ones getting the blame. Buy it for yourself, not the celebrity. In the end, it's not worth it. From a one-star obsessed Ajuma. Ajuma is Ajuma. Ajuma. That that was our Italian robo-reader, apparently. Ajuma. Um... Guys, let's engage in an empathy-building exercise here. I think in the pre-comments discussion, we were a little bit harsh on these folks that want to spend their money. After all, it's their money. They can do what they want with it. Uh, to buy expensive, blingy items and send it to their famous friends. Um, That's the thing, though, friends. Kurt. Sometimes it's not their money. Ah. You know, because a lot of this stuff is targeted towards a younger generation. And more often than not, they're not 
old enough to earn their own money. So what do they do? They go to their parents. Sometimes their parents say yes, sometimes they say no. And this causes familial conflict. Mm. Um, and this is a big issue that you see popping up on SNS now and then. You failed miserably at our empathy building exercise <laughs> okay. in which we're trying to see the right. side of the people who do mm-hmm. this. Jim, can you put yourself in the shoes of uh, people who actually do this and, and come up with some gratifying uh, rewards that they may reap? I think that for especially young fans, so like this celebrity fandom now is something that's difficult for us to understand, even as, as you know, young and hip as I am. It's, it's, it's comp- <laughs> oh, Why are you guys goodness. laughing? <laughs> Thank you. It's completely different now. Like the, You're on the, the border. You're on the edge, Jim. Uh, enough of that. <laughs> the, the, like, obsession that people have with their, with their fandoms now is not something that was ever a thing, you know, when I was a young teenager. Oh, it's always been a thing. In Korea, maybe, yeah. but not sort of for us growing up oh, okay. in, in Australia or America or, or the UK, right? So it's not something that we're used to, the three of us in particular. Mm-hmm. I think it's difficult to get into that mindset, but I can understand how if that thing is what dominates your entire life, if you're completely obsessed with that, that wanting to manifest it in a, you know, in a physical gift kind of makes sense. Also, actually, we were hitting the, the idols pretty hard, but if someone has bought you something... It would be much ruder to say, please return it and donate the money to charity. Like they've they've put thought into that. It would be. It is. It's oh, reasonable true. for them to accept the gift. That's true. It, it could be rude, or it could be some brilliant PR. What if you, as mega celebrity Jim Bully, you know, you received a matter this, of time. <laughs> you received this watch or this uh, this wallet, and w- you had some particular piece of swag, be it a Jim Bully T-shirt or Jim Bully coffee mug or something like that, which I assume are all out there. It, they, they will exist. And you put it in a nicely wrapped sort of package with a beautiful note, and maybe you hand-signed it, saying, your gift has touched me, blah blah but I can't accept something that's, uh, you know... Maybe there's even, like, Kim Jong-nan uh, ramifications here. Do they fall under that stuff? No. Where you can't... No, they don't. I'm told they don't. Um, <laughs> corruption kind of stuff. But uh, send it back and say, please, you know, uh, keep this for yourself or give it to someone you truly love with my best wishes. That could be a very nice, humble PR kind of move, couldn't it? I think, I mean, yeah, as long as you're protecting the feelings, I think we can understand where the fans are coming from, wanting to buy these gifts and things. It may be, in our opinion, a misguided way of showing affection, but that that is still understandable as the way that they're doing it, as long as the, um, you know, as long as... The, the stars can sort of return that in a way that protects their feelings. I think that's fair enough. Is this just a, uh, I mean, K-pop, I assume this is mainly with K-pop, right? Um, K-pop in Korea, the, the stars have a sp- particular relationship with their fans. And now more than ever, there's an interactivity online. So you can almost get immediate feedback as soon as the gift arrives. They can do the shout out. But that's global. I mean, you know, most of the fans, many of the fans are in like Brazil or uh, in Russia or Europe. So these these uh, K-pop groups are getting gifts from all over the world. All over the world. Southeast what? Asia. Mm-hmm. China, of course. <laughs> it goes both ways as well. You often see, you know, sort of some of the the online video stars from other countries that are popular in Korea, that speak in Korean or something like that, are always receiving boxes of Korean snacks and Korean food and things sent to them by fans in Korea outside. Well, remember when Conan O'Brien came over here uh, and it was such a big deal? The whole ostensible reason for that was because some uh, young South Korean student sent him a box of snacks, you know, ramyeon and all this sort of, sort of Korean stuff. Yeah. I, you know, my cynical side 
wants to say that was some sort of promotion by some kind of company. But doesn't Hugh Jackman get like uh, dried seaweed or laver from Korean fans all the time because he mentioned on a show? We Kurt just, sends it every week. I, <laughs> Wolverine, come see me. No, uh, we were just talking about Hugh Jackman's uh, whole relationship to Korea the other day oh. with Michelle because mm-hmm. apparently. Um, his father spent a whole bunch of time in Korea and developed a love for the culture, so that passed on to Hugh Jackman. So uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised if uh, there's a special sort of fan relationship over here and people are sending him stuff all the time. Um, I remember seeing something completely separately. There was like a reporter walking with a celebrity at one of these junkets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was in connection with the Academy Awards. Somebody followed a really top-level celebrity around, and they walk in this room, and they literally just stop at table after table after table of awesome stuff. Top-level mobile devices, uh, luxury purses, perfumes, you name it. And they said, oh, hello, Major Star, here's your little bag. You know, here's a personal device. Here's a, uh, a high-level wallet, you know. Was this just like the goodie bags that they it's get? the goodie bags, yeah. yeah. And it's like uh, from 30 different companies, top-shelf companies, probably walked out of that room with $50,000 worth of stuff. Mm-hmm. So this is what, you know, if you're, if you're the, the fan out there and you're saying, well, if I save one more month's salary, I can send, you know, G-Dragon a, uh, a watch – Remember that they're getting this stuff for free. The companies want them to wear this stuff. Yeah, but I think the fans want to know that it was them that gave that person that gift. It's like the sentimental value, the attachment to it. Did you ever do this? No, no, I'm not guilty of doing this. But I mean, like you said, I I understand where they're coming from, but I, I wouldn't do it personally. I mean, I gotta spend money on myself, not on people that I will never meet in my lifetime. That's it. They, they, they stoke the hope <laughs> that maybe one day he's going to come or she is going to oh, come. Oh, that is true too. Yeah. If I just get a better watch, she'll come and say hi to me. <laughs> you know, if I was a celebrity. If I was I a is, celebrity, is yes. easy to imagine. <laughs> uh, believe it or not, I'm not. I, um, but genuinely, I think, like, the, the, I want to bring it back to this charity thing. If you're, if you're going to donate money to charity on behalf of the celebrity, but you're concerned that that doesn't give you something physical to you know to send them you can do that you can donate money get like a certificate for doing so and then send that to the star if i was a star especially one of the ones that's pushed charity if i was receiving you know 15 proof that people had paid money to charity every day that would be a really nice gift to receive that i would know i was making a difference mm-hmm. rather than than sort of a series of of watches or wallets or whatever that i felt like you know i kind of needed to wear because these poor guys had gone out and bought them but would be very difficult to manage yeah um, I think there's a lot of room for creativity to enter into this um, where you don't have to send a lot of uh, gifts and luxury goods. You could donate to a specific social cause and oh, then a celebrity. I, I, I think Song Joong-gi's fans did that, did exactly that. They donated to the House of Sharing, which uh, is a facility for um, people who were... Uh, forced into sexual slavery during the Japanese occupation of Korea. Mm. The the elderly women live in this facility and they donated, I think it was like 1.2 million won, so that like $12,000 mm. um, to that facility under um, Song Joong-gi's name. Mm. So That's classy. That is classy, yeah. And you can do charitable work and take photos of yourself and also send it to your favorite actor or whatever and say, you know, I was inspired by you to do this. Did you ever send anything to a celebrity, Jim? You never replied to my mail. (laughs) (laughs) That goes straight into spam after the 12th one. But seriously, have you ever sent like a fan letter or anything like that? I never have, no. Yeah. Joanne? 
No, I wished I, I wished I could, but I was over in Australia and you know, HOT and whatever were big. All but right. <laughs> well, I will uh, keep mine to myself since we're out of time. How convenient. <laughs> Guys, thanks very much for coming in this week. Thank, Thank you. you.